Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the Dispatches from Somewhere AfterBuzz TV After Show. Is that the line? It's elsewhere? Ah, okay, I guess we didn't get the part. Octavia Spencer is going to step in for me, everyone. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Dispatches of Elsewhere AfterBuzz TV After Show. I am your host, Kevin Allen, and we are here to discuss this latest episode entitled Lee, because we're going to get to meet Lee. But not just her, we're also going to talk with my amazing team, that team as I call them, Chantel Aguila. I'm so excited to talk about tonight's episode. Benjamin Snow. I'm here again to support Peter to get it together. You got <laughs> support him to get it together. I love it. <laughs> and of course, we couldn't do the show without Sanaa Moore. Oh, I thank you. And I'm totally rooting for my guy, Fredwin. I'm so glad you guys got to see a different side of him this episode. Oh, we got to see a lot of great sides from all of our characters. First and foremost, Lee, as the uh, episode is titled, we're going to get to discuss this brand new character and this brand new perspective that we finally have about the game we're also going to get to know life after the game uh first with peter and simone and then later with fredwin and janice but before we dive into that our news our special segment and all of our predictions i want to hear everyone's thoughts on this episode because this was very much a different tone than we've been feeling throughout the entire season so uh Ben, what'd you think? Yeah, I definitely like this episode very much because I'm all about characters, right? And I thought we definitely saw a lot more about every individual character. And as Santa already mentioned, like Fred Wynn, I really love that at some point that he basically opened up. I think that was beautiful to see that he basically takes his hand even. And I was like, wow, he's changing right now. So I really love that. And even that the episode is called Lee, we saw some of her, but not really that much, right? So uh, I was kind of surprised. I, I actually was too on that. Um, I definitely want to talk about her, but she clearly wasn't the meat of the episode, uh, oddly right. enough. Sanaa, what did you think? I definitely um, kind of liked this episode because we got to see a different side of all the characters, um, especially like with Fredwin and with Janice too. It broke my heart that her husband died. Like, And the fact that she had to sign the papers of do not resuscitate and just let him just pass on and just go because she didn't want him to suffer. That was a, that was big of her to really look beyond herself. So I, you know, kind of feel for Janice. I want to give her a hug and bake her some cookies. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, I also want to I want to take this moment to thank all of the fans who've been following the show and following our after show. And you guys are on the comments. I've been 
crazy busy with after shows this past couple weeks. So I haven't got to continue my conversations, but I really look forward to hearing your guys' thoughts. And on that note, Sanaa is going to tell me your thoughts live. So get on that yes. chat. Let us know what you think. Uh, Chantel, let me hear your initial impressions uh, after watching this episode. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. I love that, you know, it's after the game. The game's over, so we think. Um, there's nothing else going on. And they go back to their their normal lives. And you kind of see, like, how difficult it is to step out of that game. Um, you see the transition with, with Simo uh, Simone and Peter and how they try to work on this so-called relationship. Um, and then the scene with Janice, um, very touching scene. Actually, I, it was, it was so close to home for me because, um, seeing her having to let her husband go and how close she was to him just reminds me so much of my grandmother and my grandfather and my grandfather passing. So I was like, just a touching moment. And then of course, Fred, when, you know, you see this, you see him develop. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline up even more and it's a different side of Fred Wynn and you really start loving him as a person even though he's you know a little like <laughs> so I enjoyed I it a lot said, this, I shouldn't be laughing I love you said like we start loving him as a person because I'm <laughs> sure. he really wasn't acting like one no, okay he's a little cuckoo I mean I'm not gonna lie he's a little strange but he, like I said he starts letting down those walls and I think that that moment he has with Janice um in the hospital um, even, even that moment where she steps out and she's, he's talking to her husband, like, it's just a different side of him that you haven't really seen. And I really it's loved that. Still quintessentially Fred Wynn. Um, yes. I, for one, am very excited to talk about him, but I, I would like to start at the very top of this episode because I loved that we came in on an audition for the role of Octavio Coleman Esquire. First of um, all, I thought I, my TV screen was frozen. <laughs> I, got, yes. I literally yeah. kept pressing because I was like, I saw the, the time go and I'm like, okay, oh, it's like man. nine, ten seconds. I said, is this my Wi-Fi or something? Do I need to call the company? Like, what's going on? They got you again. <laughs> they did it again. They really did. They're so good at that. <laughs> so good. I was, I was pleased as punch. I'm like, oh my God, they're doing it again. They just have a guy staring at the screen with a solid color back, <laughs> a different color this time. Mm -hmm. um, and we get to, it's an audition. He says somewhere instead of elsewhere. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, that's when that's illusion what shattered. You. Yep. I love that. I loved it. I felt bad for his twin who was like, you're a gross dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, shout out to Mr. Spins. He said in the chat, my heart goes out to Janice in this episode. It was so heartbreaking to see her in this episode. But luckily, Fredwin read the situation and was there for Janice to ease the situation, which is totally true. Mm -hmm. And Sheldon yeah. also commented and said, saddest episode of television, three forms of endings, end of game, end of relationship, and end of life. Wow, that was yeah. pretty heavy, Sheldon. Let's, let's wait on that, guys. That's deep. That's deep. I, I really do appreciate No, they're absolutely right. The uh, Spins and Sheldon are 
absolutely right and perfect on the ball but let okay i want to have a little fun to start uh so let me let's jump back into that because before before this episode got to be as tonally different as it was um it's it started off repeating the opening scene so to speak uh, octavio coleman even though he has been ousted now as a, a fictionalized character played by an actor he's still our narrator and he comes in and like my first thought was um this guy walking like a boss doing it improvising a monologue in front of all this competition well what a jerk um but no he's he's still the narrator for us the audience yeah right. uh, and i honestly I, I stopped paying attention to what he was saying because i was so taken in when the chucks walked in and started doing their chucks thing behind him but it to me it's set up a thing about this episode that while we are now technically out of the game all of this stuff has been brought to light Octavia is not a real person the characters were or the players were just players of an experience uh there was this theme I think of kind of everyone coming back to where they began so mm -hmm. the Chuck Storp revisited being Octavio for us the viewer and our characters uh kind of returned back to where they came from at some point uh do you understand what i'm i'm saying by this yes yeah but what's your what's your question yeah well i'm not really i'm just wondering if you guys noticed this as well uh, i felt like our right. four players who i'm going to refer to as that team mm -hmm. uh because that's how lee described them yeah uh they became better people through this experience. We see them in the diner right. and they've all grown and become more complete individuals and whatever was holding them back in life, they have overcome. That diner scene, you see an example from each one of them behaving differently. Peter had the uh, confidence to just ask Simone out at random. Simone was accepting of his affection and agreed to put herself out on a limb by going out on a date. Uh, Janice took the phone call and we got, you guys have already mentioned what she's been going through and how tough mm -hmm. she's grown through this. And then Fredwin immediately turned to focus on her and kind of read what her needs were as, as a friend. So they all became more complete people, which was the point of this experience as we learned through Lee. Uh, right. But I also, but all, the thing is, like talking about Lee mm -hmm. and talking about the whole setup, I also had a feeling that the way how I understood it is that the whole game wasn't even planned like that. It feels like that some scenarios were not even planned out by Lee. I think she kind of took over or something, and she kind of mentioned something like that from Clara or something. But I think how I understood it, some scenarios were completely just random in a way. Some things with the milkman or something, I guess, was maybe like planned you know, that they get down to the basement and see all those people. But the rest feels a little bit like, hey, maybe the apartment and where they came to was already like that anyway. You yeah, know? she destroyed so, um, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how I, so I'm not even sure if this, if, if it's really like a whole game just created for these four characters. I totally get what you're saying. Because also I kind of got confused and maybe you guys can help me and help me in the chat. Um, yeah. <laughs> I believe Lee said something like she, you know, Clara was an artist and she, mm. you know, Lee felt bad that she kind of like so 
had Clara, you know, like sell her business and kind of like, you know, fall out of love with her art and stuff. So she felt bad. So she created the game. Right. Is that kind of what she was saying? Okay. And then from the, I just didn't understand why yeah. she felt bad that she had to start the game. Like how was the game going, was the game supposed to give, you know, Clara life again? Like, you know, what, I, I just don't understand her correlation for that. Yeah, me too. I still have a problem. I still have a problem to understand what the real relationship between Lee and Clara actually is. Chantel, do you have any ideas on that? I I mean, I I agree with you guys because I was a little lost there. I wasn't sure the connection, but then I thought, okay, sort of like what Sanaa said, you know, Clara like was inspired by art. She loved painting. She loved um, expressing that and showing it to people. And then she sold that whatever her business whatever it may be to lee and i think after that lee felt bad for kind of taking it away from her and so that's why she was like let me reinvent this game to show clara like the beauty in her art again and how inspiring it could be but again oh. still kind of still still i'm i'm kind of there with you guys too i wasn't quite sure the exact connection and maybe they'll explain that more in the next episode right um, but that's kind of how i read it so was the clara and lee so do you think the dragon like that painting was clara like all the different stops where they've been and then there was paintings and visual art could that I, possibly be her so, like her apartment like the apartment set me off because when she when lee went into the apartment like down in the basement you mm. see that window mural but you don't see anybody in it I don't know if you guys like caught that yeah in the room was a mess and everything like that so I think that some murals like the waterfall one were originally Clara's and like the dragon but there were other pieces that Lee added to it to inspire Clara again to let her know like you know yeah reinforce her and say hey it wasn't a bad decision you turning over your business I think all of the artwork that was uncovered as being Clara's artwork, the stuff that she had mm-hmm. done uh, throughout Philadelphia just as an act of outsider art or street mm-hmm. art was genuinely Clara. And I think Clara's story and Lee's story were kind of revealed to us when Clara gave the origins that they had found in her home. But rather than putting, rather than Lee collecting her to introduce to Octavio, Picture it as Lee just finds her and brings her up to her own office. And this creates the character of Octavio to represent Lee's life before she had the revelation that yeah. whatever she was doing was, was what she yeah, wanted to yeah. do. Uh, so Clara, Clara is an artist who wants to do something big. Unfortunately, she dies of cancer at 20, like really young. So uh, I, I think mean, Lee kind of maybe shell-shocked by this and feeling bad that she basically bought this girl's talent, didn't put it to the use that she had promised the girl would get to do and create this big vision, kind of like decided to take up Clara's cause. Mm. Uh, and for what her what personal turmoil brought her to feel that she was responsible for that, we have yet to see, we will see that. But yeah. this yeah. game was absolutely Lee doing Clara's unfinished work. 
You know, funny that we always talk about Clara in the past. And of course, we talked about that she dies because of cancer and stuff like that. But I can still get over it that I have a feeling because especially when I saw the treats um, as the ashes right out of a sudden, mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute. So I still have a feeling, honestly, I'm just predicting already a little bit, but I have a feeling that this story that she died is all made up. I think she is still alive. What? I'm just okay. saying. That's totally valid. I mean, I- Because why I, would I, you I, find treats? Why would, why, why? I mean, that has to mean something. Why don't you find the ashes or whatever? Why do you find like, I don't get that part. You know, that was very, because, that was foreshadowing almost for me. I mean, it, it honestly, it could be that she went missing. And so this was like in her will or something, or like there's, there's a thousand explanations yeah. because it, Clara was such a creative and spontaneous person that it it could be anything. It could be something nefarious. It could be something whimsical because that's Clara. She keeps you on your toes. Yeah. But, well, mm -hmm. Like kind of going off of what you're saying, Ben, what if she like kind of did that to get away from Lee? Like what if she found out, you know, what kind of person Lee is? Because Lee was yeah. not just a good girl, okay? That's right. She was kind of evil. So what if she did that as a diversion to like, you know, get right. Lee off of her back and she really is a lot. <laughs> I'm actually on your page. I feel like Clara set that all up to just make she everyone She didn't want to be a part of dead. the game anymore. Yeah, she just wanted to escape somehow and the easiest way to escape from something is just make yourself it's look dead. You're dead. dead. <laughs> That's what I love about this show is it's just it's season one two. mystery after the <laughs> other. Yeah, exactly. This could easily be season two. But, season two. Uh, before we get involved <laughs> in that mystery, let's recap. There was definitely a lot of revelations on the big question we've been asking all season, is this real? Is it a game? Is it a production? What's happening here? So we finally get to see behind the curtain. They definitely peel it back. Um, and there's, it was so much fun for me to see it on the, the other side. I love seeing the active collaboration and the production side of things and them having to think on the fly. Mm -hmm. um, that's very much an ARG kind of thing where if your players decide to, this is how they want to play the game, you kind of just got to, run with it and support yeah, that. Yeah, they went rogue, uh, the, definitely. So, well, you know. And it was, it was things like, it started off with things like, oh, hey, we can make this a richer experience by not using plants. This team is so invested that we can use them. Mm -hmm. So like, let's cancel right. the audience plant. Let's go with Granny. That's what, they, that's what an ARG is for. You live for that kind of stuff. But then it got to the point where these guys went so rogue, they were called that right. team. And they just had to like, to the point where she's destroying her own furniture yeah. and home just to keep the game the going. game alive yeah oh, man. That feels, that it feels pretty awesome. much like it feels pretty much when i saw that when i saw that like behind the curtain scenarios i definitely felt like wow it looks a little bit like the truman show with jim carrey truman was just doing his thing living his life and the people from the outside were pretty much reacting to his actions so that's mm -hmm. exactly how i felt when i was watching that yeah, there, I, I was going to say, there was a moment, though, like when she was, you know, in the producer's kind of area um, in the control room and they're overlooking at the audience and she's sitting there and you can kind of tell she's like kind of clenching her teeth like, <laughs> come on, Janice, come on, Janice. Like, exactly. you know, I need I need you to like step forward. And, and for a minute there, I was like, oh, man, what if Janice didn't like what if Janice didn't yeah. step up? You know, would right. Octavio have just pulled her out of the crowd anyway? Like, so it, it's yeah. interesting. It's very interesting. And I think Lee did, I mean, it's the magic for her of being the theater. architect, <laughs> yeah, for her being the architect, she really like went along with the role. And and like we said, you know, going as far as demolishing your apartment to make it look like a 
I don't know what, you know, a robbery or whatever she kind of scene. was just <laughs> Honestly, as committed as they were. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yes, Sanaa. Oh, I was going to say, honestly, the entire time, I don't know about you guys, but I could think about, all I could think about is the seven years of bad luck she's going to get for breaking a mirror. Anytime <laughs> you break a mirror, it's just seven oh, years of bad luck. So that's I don't think she's I had think good of. luck before that, so she probably just doesn't mind another, you know, seven years tacking on top. On top of it, she, so don't even worry she about held it. That ba- she held that bat. She hesitated. She's like, oh, my God, I'm going to make this so much worse for myself. Right, right. But yeah. she, she was that committed. Like, Octavio broke character, in my opinion, at the finale. And I, I was disappointed. But the architect, Lee, she never gave up. She was as invested as anyone could be in this experience to the point where, as far as I know, it's still going. Like she, mm-hmm. she gave Janice that slip, and she told them to go to the museum. So now our characters are at a funeral, or sorry, a cemetery, cemetery. while a funeral is happening, which is the name for a group of goth kids, by the way. And <laughs> they're breaking into a mausoleum as if it's part of this quest, yeah. uncovering more clues. And it kind of is, and it kind of isn't. So she. The game didn't end for them, so she kept it going for them. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Yeah, that, which, bring, which brings me back to, okay, how much really was it a game and how much was it really like a, a kind of scenarios that was almost built by the team itself? The team kind of almost created the game themselves by just having Lee sometimes trying to get them back into order and just trying to lead them the right way. But I think the team probably did it all themselves without even realizing this. That's what I think. So you're saying they created the game as they went? Pretty much, because as you, as you know, everyone has different characters and everyone was kind of breaking out at some point and was doing something going this direction because they had a feeling about something. And I think all these different characters played perfectly together to so, create this kind of game, what it's all about. So Ben, you had the theory early on in the season that this game was created for the four of them. And I said, I think yeah. it's just a whole group and they're just going rogue that they're having to adjust. I think we were both right. Uh, they clearly yes. created this whole game for lots of people who had sticks and pinatas, but that, that team did their own thing. So a separate game was made for them that had a little bit of overlap. So, so now they're at the think- diner and they've grown as people. And like I said, uh, they, they are this where they used to be, but now they're more complete. So Peter and Simone are now on a date. And it's super awkward and beautiful and sweet. Uh, and they're having a great time. But like I was mentioning earlier, they kind of retreat back to who they used to be. Yeah. Peter starts to become a little insecure about his lack of world experience. And Simone re- uh, retreats back into her insecurities. Um, yeah, she, she totally... Yeah, Simone really, she was kind of irritating me a little bit because she wasn't really giving Peter, she was just jumping the gun and just assuming, even though that does happen a lot of times, um, you know, within the that community of, you know, will Peter really, you know, like her because she is different. She's trans um, transgender. And so, you know, that is a lot for him to take on and be, for it, you know, being his first. I think and it so, was more about that he wasn't able to deal with the hardships of the rest of the world had for yeah. her, that she lived in a different 
reality well, than yeah. he. But see, I think it was selfish of Simone. And I'm sorry, Simone, That's Simone I mean to interrupt you. I think it's selfish of her because she didn't yes. even give Peter the opportunity. A chance. Yeah, she didn't even give him a chance. You know, she just automatically assumed, oh, you're not going to be able to handle this. And then when he goes and asks her, because he's so literal, he's like, well, how long do you think it's going to take? And he's like, seriously really wants to try to be with her she can't even give him a direct answer since she just goes and says oh a year and and you can i feel like you could totally read peter's mind that he was going to do everything that it takes to understand what it's like to date you know someone right and um and then come back in a year and be like okay i'm ready like here right because he's so little and and honestly it was just like you know she mentioned like things like you know because she is transgender and then she also mentioned that because he doesn't know pie or cake like who can make that decision because they're both good girl but it's, so exactly. it's, it's not an important decision like yeah, it doesn't not. matter to him and so like for her she kind of, i was just getting very upset with her because you know she wasn't giving him the give peter the chance and if he messes up and you don't like him or he's not doing something right then that's a reason but to you know i think her own insecurities that she has or from her past relationships i think were like kind of um pouring out and she was kind of like being selfish in terms of like trying to predict something like because you can kind of you know, kind of predict different things in the game and you can kind of make it the way you want to. Right. With her, you know, she was trying to do the same thing with Peter. And it's just like, he asked you out on a date, girl. He sung to you like a fool with this <laughs> voice he has. Grown, I think, more than anybody else to the point where when they were in the restaurant, I, I he was so close to capturing the yeah. point of the game. And yeah. that, because uh, he was like, all these charming people are being so charming and I'm not. And it was, um, it was like, you, dude, you craft your own world. Like, ev- the reason everything looks boring now in comparison is because you're not looking at all these people and assuming they're part of a grander experience that you can make up in your mind. Yeah. And then they left. They left the artificial atmosphere of the restaurant, went out on the street, and right. created their own beautiful, ex- until you know, it went south, experience. Yeah. And that's, that's the point of the game. And they were this close to capturing it. Meanwhile, right. uh, Fredwin and Janice totally got the other point of the game, which is to open up and make connections. So, which was okay. very interesting to me because I basically expected the, as, as soon as they realized, okay, the game is over, like a human being behavior. Oh my God, what do we do now with our lives? The game is over, and we spent so much time the last couple of days and weeks to just work on that game, and now it's just gone. And now we don't know what to do. I think that's a, very much a human being behavior that you just go back to normal, go back to the past, because now you just lost such an important thing in life. But out of a sudden, surprisingly, Janice and Fredwin, I think they just kept going what they developed already. And I feel like Peter and yes. Simone got back to where they came from, now knowing, oh my God, the game is over. Fuck, we can't really, that's not us anymore. Now, how can we do that? So I think that was interesting to see the split between those two teams out of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Oh, very exciting. I I was going to say, I actually liked the show, how they did that, though. How they split, you know, they showed two people progressing and two people digressing, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. It makes either point that much richer. Like, Mm -hmm. we we notice it more. Yes. Totally. Um, Totally. Yeah. Going to the chat. Yes, please. Oh, going to the chat really quick. Uh, Shout out to Nick Daly. He said... Um, it's like she wanted a fully formed person and she then admitted that it takes a lifetime, which is it, Simone? She did that because she was, she was afraid. 
so when they meet back up at the cemetery at the end of the episode, like they're real friends now, but for better and for worse, they're real friends in the sense that they've also have baggage and there's some awkward moments. I love that Fredwin is now a hugger. Like he's that open <laughs> with them and he understands like this is how they show affection and I, I, I can do things how they do. Um, shout out real quick to Andre Benjamin for an amazing performance in this uh, hospital scene with Janice. He almost had me in tears because you could see for the first time he wanted to do something and didn't know how to do it. Right. And rather than he verbalized it a little bit, but it was mostly just his the way yeah. he was standing. Uh, just yeah. I, I, I really have so to, much, and I'm so happy. You're for so him. right. I really have to point that out. Enric three thousand. I'm so like intrigued by his acting. So I was really surprised that he hasn't done a lot more stuff in the last couple of years. So he's a really great natural actor. I really like that about him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, really good stuff. And but Fredwin is still very true to himself and cracking in, breaking into a mausoleum in the middle of the night to unravel more clues. So I'm really looking forward to what happens in the next episode. But I'm, uh, but I was before, say I'm glad he did that. So, you know. Oh, yeah. No, keep it going. Keep yes, it going. Yes. I mistakenly said this was going to be the last episode. And while it feels like it, I'm so glad it's not. Um, so we got just a little bit of time for uh, news and special segments. So, Ben, was there any news that you had to share with us? Yeah. I, I definitely have to point that out very quickly. I mean, Ryan, our producer in the back, if you can pull that up right now, what I sent you. It's just so funny to me talking about Richard E. Grant, who plays Octavio, right? And guys, if you have a chance, please check his Twitter account because he posted a picture with him. Now, watch this. With a picture of him standing in front of Barbara Streisand's house, taking a picture, <laughs> taking a selfie. Now, wait up. Watch out. I'm not finished yet. It's going to go crazy. Uh -huh. He sent her a letter when he was 14 years old. So this guy's 62 now. He sent Barbara Streisand a letter saying how much he loves her as an artist, right? And now, after all those years, he got back to the house, standing in front of it, making a picture, posting that on Twitter. And now, you know what? An hour later, Barbara Streisand responds and says, Dear Richard, what a wonderful letter you wrote me when you were 14. And look at you now. You are terrific in your la latest movie. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. This guy loves this guy or did her so much for so long. And now the crazy part is he even has a sculpture in his yard of Barbara Streisand people. Oh, oh no, that's a oh, little yeah. creepy. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I know Maybe that character. is why he got the role as Octavio because he is true dead love, on. People, true love, right? So I also want to have a, like a statue of uh, Michael Jackson. I would do that. <laughs> Oh, well, yay. you know what? Uh, <laughs> Chantel actually has a fun special segment for you, Ben. Uh, everyone's going to pick a character and we're going to answer a question as that character. Am I correct? Yes, Chantel? yes, yes, yes. We The whole theme, obviously, of the show is, you know, I am Simone or I am Peter and you are them. So why not get to know them really well and pretend to be any one of these characters and let's ask you some mm -hmm. questions. So okay. we went around. Um, we just want to ask you guys, who, which character, if you could choose, who would you pick real quick? I related Edwin. to Peter a lot in this episode, so I'm going to go with that. Okay, and Ben? Uh, I, Octavio, oh yeah. Okay, so first I'm question, at. very fun and easy. You know, if you were those characters, what would be your favorite food? Well, <laughs> if, as Fredwin, I would love to eat wheat thins with <laughs> bananas. I love it. I love it. That's a total Fredwin meal. <laughs> wheat thins with bananas. I, I feel like Peter's, he, he, we see him eating Chinese a lot, in, especially in this episode. Like, it goes back to his old habits of just eating takeout. Uh, I'm going to go with chicken fingers and fries. Like, the just the easiest, 
most basic comfort food. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't do it a lot because then his hands get messy and it's just, it's too much. I love so he doesn't treat himself as good. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I'm Octavio, right? I mean, what do I eat? There's just one thing that I'm eating. Caveo. You eat life. Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, I got money, people. I got money, okay. I eat life and beauty. And champagne, champagne, of course. Love it. All right, well, here's a one that's a little, you know, it's going to require a little more thought. Um, what would be your favorite childhood memory? Child what? Childhood memory. Oh, your goodness. favorite childhood memory. I mean, honestly... I can say as Octavio, that's because the person I am today, I was mobbed in my whole childhood. I think I was the guy who was always kind of beaten down. So I think oh, I just no. have to, I just have to get revenge on people. That's it. That would be your favorite though, remembering that you were mobbed? I, I don't have any favorite moments of my childhood. It was a pain, but I got to do what I got to do. All right. I, I get it. I get it. You know, li- living a life with a with an identical twin that has to be hard. So hell yeah! Oh my completely god! Completely understandable. Like this guy. I, I don't like this guy um, at all. <laughs> I would say for for Edwin, I would say my favorite childhood memory would be um, p- playing Guess Who, as well as um, doing <laughs> a five thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and completing it. Um, all by myself in two hours. I can believe that because Fred Wynn is an achiever. He's an accomplisher. In, and you need two hours. Wow. I expected you to do it in one. Come on. <laughs> my, my, my favorite childhood memory is when I got um, a bike. Uh, it, I got a, a bike. It was for, for Christmas. And uh, I, I didn't ride it a lot. Um, <laughs> And it it was stolen right before my birthday, but it, it's brilliant, man. I love it. <laughs> Jason, Jason Siegel, if you need a stand in, please. <laughs> Kevin is here. I'm extremely that was, tall. <laughs> uh, that was spot on, Peter. Thank you. I love thank it. You. Love it. Thank well, you. I hope you guys all had fun. You guys should totally try that game at home. Ask yourself, who would you be um, from Dispatches from Elsewhere? And then, you know, play uh, around. Some fun questions. Yeah. And all these characters are really great. And while we're putting our heads in these characters, uh, what do you guys think is going to happen with next episode? Oh, oh. All bets are off. I mean, uh, I said it already. I said it, I said it already, to be honest. I think Miss C is coming back. Oh. Okay. I would love to see that. Uh, you know what? I'm going to jump on that bandwagon because I don't think Clara is dead either. And I think they're going to they're gonna go searching for her. And I think they're going to find her. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, I, can't I don't think I'm going to I'm going to jump on that bandwagon, too. And I also think um, Simone is going to try to come back to um, Peter. I, oh, I could see that. Yeah, she's going to she's really going to make a comeback. So. I hope so. But it's going to have to be a grand gesture, though, because you know what? She broke his heart. She didn't believe in him. That's what it's, <laughs> what's upsetting. It's, it's odd to predict the show because it really does feel like this was the season one finale. And these characters are, they've gone through an arc and grown as people, but then kind of fell back, like two step forward, one step back kind of thing. They've now been presented with a whole new mystery. This seems very much like a season two setup. Like we're going to solve a different mystery with the same characters, but they're kind of different now. Uh, but we're still in season one. And uh, 
golly, I can't, I can't figure it out, guys. Uh, I'm so yeah. excited to see where this goes. I would love to see if Clara's, like, so Fredwin's going to bring the news that Clara might still be alive and basically put everything back up on the pin board and <laughs> rally the whole team back at the diner with a uh, summarization waiter, waitress to go like, okay, so what's the newest gossip on what you guys are doing now? Um, it very well could just be, I don't want to say more of the same, but a richer version of what we've been seeing this entire season. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. Have to wait and see. Exactly. Uh, Until then, guys, uh, keep getting involved in the chats. I'm definitely going to jump on. uh, I'm going to do it right after this because I I miss talking with everybody. And so look for me on uh, YouTube at Kevin Allen Tube, Instagram at Kevin Allen Graham, and Twitter at Kevin Allen Says. Uh, Chantel, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chantel D S H Y N T E L with uh, the letter D. And for me, you can follow you can follow me on Instagram at I am underscore Sana S A N A underscore, and on Twitter you can follow me at I am underscore Sana. Ben, awesome! Yeah, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and also Twitter now at Benjamin Schnau S C H N A U. And we're also going to do the show on Thursday. Devs, check it out, six p.m. Guys. Uh. We guys are all going to be back next week. We hope you will be there for another Dispatches from Elsewhere after a TV after show. Until then, uh, stay vigilant. (laughs) Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.